as long as I was awake, I was eating beans, a biteful. I had really bad anxiety. It was increasing my bowel movements. All that fiber was slowing things down. And I was awake 22 hours a day because of the pain, so I wasn't sleeping. So if I was awake, my directive was eat beans. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your day is off to a really great start. I am so freaking excited to be chatting with my guest today, Unique Hammond. We are talking about the Bean Protocol. I mean, we talk about so much, but the Bean Protocol is really her specialty. And I'm so excited to chat about this because I was jokingly saying to her that I'm selfishly recording this episode because Gaytan, who is so anti-bean, he will not eat them and you know always has like digestive issues around them and whatnot. I am recording this episode so that he can really listen to it and maybe make peace with beans. Um, so I love beans, but I do not eat them very frequently. And I think that when I do eat them, I was eating too much of them. So then I'd be like, oh no, this doesn't work for me. I'm so bloated. I'm so gassy. Like I can't eat this food. Whereas there's such a high source of fiber, we need to introduce them slower. And especially being on my high horse many years ago, like 10 years ago when I was like pretty hardcore paleo and AIP, you know, I've definitely come a long way from there. And I really want to have flexibility with what I eat. And I don't want to condemn foods as good or bad. Do I believe that animal products are incredibly therapeutic? 100%. And I'm going to take my stance on that and always and always stand for that. But including plant foods, we still need them. And I'm not anti-plants. It's just incorporating them in the right way and also really tuning into your body and seeing what works for you um, and just and just doing that and following that. And so that's why we have Unique here today because I really wanted to dive into the Bean Protocol. She has worked with so many people helping them to heal so many different issues and symptoms. And I'm just really excited to learn more about the Bean Protocol and what that includes and what that kind of looks like and how this may be something that could potentially serve you. So Unique Hammond is a Crohn survivor, a holistic nutrition practitioner, author, health coach, life coach, wife, and mother who has helped countless individuals all over the world discover natural wellness and live healthier lives. To learn more about Unique, her e-courses, services, and her refreshing, no-holds-barred approach to whole body health, you can visit her at yourgreat.com. You can also head on over to yourgreat.com forward slash bean protocol. And you could also follow the bean protocol on Instagram. And maybe you're already familiar with Unique and you've been hearing people speak about the bean protocol. I have been following her for many, many years. And 
it was finally that time where I'm just like, you know, I really need to have this conversation with her. She's the expert. So I wanted to reach out and have her come on and take us through this process. So it's a really juicy episode. We obviously talk about the bean protocol and basically the fundamentals of it. You know, how much are you eating in a day? Is it specific kind of beans? What about if you do have digestive issues, if you're concerned about weight gain and overdoing it on carbohydrates? Um, What if you do have, you know, really intense gut and digestive issues? And in her case, she had Crohn's. So being conscious of how much fat you're eating or, you know, is fat serving you or maybe not. Um, So we really go through all of it and it's, it's really a great episode and really insightful. We also talk about some of the things that people really neglect on their healing journey and, you know, looking beyond just nutrition. Uh, Unique also takes us basically down, you know, through her history and what that looked like and through her healing journey and all the different diets and things that she tried and really showing up for herself and all the learnings that came from really healing because she was in a pretty bad position with her Crohn's and, you know, was able to get to a place where she got her Crohn's into her, into remission as well as healing her endometriosis. So So many juicy nuggets of inspiration and just beautiful messaging in this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. Do you want to live healthier, but don't know where to start? Are you perhaps interested in a career in the field of holistic nutrition? Well, the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, the leader in nutrition education across Canada, is offering a five-day free course on the fundamentals of holistic nutrition. Yes, it's completely free. This five-day course will teach you how to influence your genes through diet and lifestyle, understand the components of a healthy diet, how to become resilient to all of the stressors of life, and how to travel down a pathway to optimal health and wellness. This free live training is happening next week from June 20th to the 24th at 2 p.m. daily for an hour each day. If you'd like to register, head on over to csnnottawa.ca forward slash free course. Again, that link is csnnottawa.ca forward slash free course. And it doesn't matter where in the world you live, you can register and tune in to this free five-day live training. And if you can't make it live every day, all registrants will receive a recording. So sign up today. Again, that link is csnnottawa.ca forward slash free course. Hello, Unique. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation. I've been getting so many questions. And just before we hopped on here, I said I'm kind of selfishly recording this episode for my husband, who's like anti-bean. So I want to record this episode so he can listen to it. But there's so much to dive into, you know, not just the bean protocol. I would love to start off with you just telling our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Well, first of all, I just want to say that I love the name Wellness Witch. Like that is really great because (laughs) I think there is something very witchy and mysterious about wellness, um, especially in how individual the journey is, you know. Thank you. Yeah, there's some witchy vibes that need to go down. So I I love it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, great. Thank you. It was, uh, it used to be called healthy hormones for women. And then we made this switch to wellness switch. And I was like, oh my God, what, what is the community going to say? Well, it just leaves so much room for play, you know, like totally. I really like 
that. It's like, it's, there's a playfulness to it. When I saw that, I was like, yes. Oh, amazing. Thank you. I'm going to come hang with some witches. Uh, <laughs> some love witches. Um, wait, your question was about me. Yeah, who you are and what you do. I'm a human on planet Earth and I sling beans for a living. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. And I, myself, I'm very witchy about my bean slinging. Um, uh, yeah, I have always been into health. I was raised healthy by healthy parents. I was actually raised very Weston A. Price. Um, and I do actually Amazing. have a question. Where do you see Weston A. Price? Is that a version of paleo? It is, right? Like that's kind of, do they kind of fit into the paleo world? Yeah, I feel a little bit, it's kind of paleo, very ancestral. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of how I, how I see it for sure. So yeah, I was definitely raised on raw milk. Uh, whenever my parents could get us raw milk and cream, yeah. we used to pass the jar around shaking it until it became butter. Um, <laughs> I know <laughs> like very and uh and then of course you know kind of ditched all of that in my teens for sugar because that was the thing I wasn't raised on with sugar so I was like sugar party and oh. um yeah major sugar party for a long time sugar addict party and then you know kind of led into my thir early 30s mm, late 20s a lot of stomach issues but early teens as well and um, a Crohn's crisis led me really back to my roots and health and wellness. And once I healed from Crohn's, that led me to want to study. And then kind of reluctantly a little bit, I ended up where I am now because I realized that there wasn't a lot of support for people like me looking to heal naturally and really having the hope to heal naturally. So Sure. Um, I am a holistic nutrition practitioner and a health coach and a life coach and an author. And uh, I spend my days encouraging and providing hope and a path forward for those who feel like they've kind of been there, done that and tried it all. So that's amazing. That's so beautiful. I love that. And I think it's so interesting how like, like, for example, I look at my diet now and I have raw milk and making homemade butter and all these things. And I'm just like, man, how we've neglected so much of this. Like, this is what my grandparents did. I watched them do this and we've neglected it for so long, like making bone broth, you know, it's just so, it's, it's so natural. It's been so ingrained in so many of us and we just, we lose sight of it, you know, and, but, but that's part of our journey. It's part of our journey. And, and hopefully we've, find maybe the way back there. Yeah, it's it's an interesting world one lives in when any whole food is demonized, I think. Um because it suddenly does the one thing that is detrimental to human health, which is fearing whole foods. Mm -hmm. Right? So, yeah. if you can't trust food, what can you trust? Totally. 100% and also you know, I had this conversation with my partner the other day about like trusting my body, like mm -hmm. I remember sitting there and there was sourdough bread. I'm like, I want to eat the sourdough bread. Like this is, you know, I've, I haven't had sourdough in so many years and I, how can I not trust my body to eat this food, to eat this mm -hmm. natural food, the way that nature intended it to be. And so I ate the sourdough bread. And um, it was delicious. <laughs> yeah. And it was amazing. And I enjoyed every moment of it versus sitting there being like, oh my God, I shouldn't be eating this. This is so bad. Like, oh my God, and the gluten and the this, you know, and like getting in my head about it, which maybe I probably would have done like, you know, 10 years ago or something, but that's 
not the case now. So, well, almost the the fear process around eating it is worse for you than the gluten, right? Like totally. Yeah, it's like the gluten is just and and grain and eating grain has been around kind of a long ass time, you know. And yeah. people have figured out how to make bread. Bread was always this interesting staple and in fermented bread and. So I think that, you know, I'm not necessarily like all, all hail gluten, but I don't fear it. You know, it's not this food that I'm like, oh, bad. It's a bad thing. And um, I don't think everybody's body interacts with it the same way. And I think a, an unwell body might interact with it very differently. You definitely see that a lot with Hashimoto's, right? Where gluten is one Absolutely. of the big things that are pulled out. But I also feel, tell me where I'm wrong here, but that that Hashimoto's component is a gut component. Yes. Right. So if you have this um, dysbiosis in the gut, inflammation in the gut, um, issues with the microvilli in the gut, then something like gluten would prove to be an irritant and a, and maybe sure. even cause inflammation. But I feel like a lot of foods kind of getting into the body in the wrong way are, are going to be an issue anyway to, yeah. to extent. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been years of working on gut health and healing my gut to come to a point where I'm like, yeah, I think I might enjoy a piece of that sourdough bread or, you know, I will have the oatmeal and fully enjoy it. And right. So again, that, that was just what my process looked like. It was eliminating certain things, healing, and then bringing it back in and not I'm never, I can never eat this ever again. I, I personally don't think that it has to be that way. Um, and I remember when we went to Italy, I always share the story in 2018 and I ate all of the things and enjoyed <laughs> it so, so much. And when I came back and had tested my thyroid antibodies, they were the lowest they had ever been because it goes to show you the impact of stress and having adventure and play and joy and exploring. And that had such a huge impact on my health. Yeah. Well, just that state you were in, right? Just totally. so present and enjoy and permission to enjoy your life and, totally. and in a good way too, right? Like, um, I think a lot of, I talk about this a lot. There's a, there's this interesting connection to enjoying your life is weirdly abusing our bodies. Like, oh, I'm on vacation. So I'm going to party hardy. I'm going to drink this. I'm going to totally. eat that. Yep. I'm not going to pack my health with me wherever I go. I'm going to leave it behind and hope that it's there when I get back, yep. you know? And it's so like, hmm, no, I think health is something we got to take everywhere with us. It's a modern day problem, right? I don't think this is a, an issue our ancestors had. They went right. on a hunt or they collected whatever the wild vegetation was near them that was edible and they ate it. And food was really about um, nourishment and survival. And now it's it's weirdly dropped into the hedonistic kind of like pleasure zone of like, it's all about pleasure. <laughs> totally. Does it give me pleasure? And it's yep. very little to do with health, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So going back to, we were speaking about gut health, your journey with Crohn's, where did you start in terms of healing? Like, what did that look like for you? I started with, well... Funny thing was, is even though I was doing these protocols, um, so once my gut issues were bad, I first turned to Chinese medicine and kinesiology. Those were kind of my first stops. Uh, I'd been doing Chinese medicine for a while and herbs and acupuncture and, um, you know, and that wasn't, it wasn't able to stall my downward spiral. My downward spiral was, it, it was like, it was like nothing could stall it. It was just, I just kept getting worse and worse. And the kinesiology helped, like all of the supplements had this moment in time where I felt like, 
oh, all of these supplements I'm, I'm taking are helping me. Right. And, um, you know, I was eating, I was eating better. I was cutting back on sugar and, um, you know, she was also testing me for food. So I was making diet changes and, and it was almost like it was created this dam and then the dam broke and it was like, nothing could stop the flood right. of, of, of inflammation in my body. So my Chinese medicine doctor was the one who was like, unique, your pulse is out of control. Your tongue is coated. Your inflammation is so high. I feel like you need to see a GI. And I was devastated because I was like, I can do this naturally. Like this is going to be fine, you know? Totally. And I felt like that seemed really scary to me. So I ended up meeting with it because I was just losing weight so rapidly that, you know, and my bowel movements were just getting incredibly frequent and and it just was bad. Um, But I saw the GI and he ran all these tests and he couldn't really very, I don't know if this was your experience with autoimmune, but there was all these symptoms, but he couldn't really see a clear picture of what was going on. You know, did a lot of uh, stool test um, to see if there was a bacterial infection or parasites that were causing a bacterial infection, or um, we did breath tests for SIBO, looking for C. diff. You know, I wasn't presenting as, and, and there wasn't this genetic factor in my family for Crohn's or autoimmune necessarily. So We were looking at all these pieces that didn't make sense on the table. Like, why was I suddenly at a very young age, early 30s, why were the wheels falling off? Um, So I really wanted to avoid the colonoscopy at 30 years old. That felt like I was like, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm early 30s. Like, you don't get a colonoscopy until you're old. I'm not old. And um, and just going under, like, the whole thing was just like, hmm. but things didn't get better. So I ended up with it. And what was interesting to me is there was something about getting the diagnosis, waking up and getting that diagnosis that made me go, I can heal this. And, and with a conviction that I'd never had before without knowing what it was, like not knowing what it was, was almost disempowering to me. And then knowing what it was, I suddenly went, oh, I can heal this. Like I was right. like, this, this can be healed. This is my gut. This is inflammation. Right. This is my immune system. What does my body need? Oh, my body needs really good food. And it needs me to stop throwing dumpster food down there, you right. know, and alcohol and sugar. Um, damn sugar. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like this handsome devil that like great kisser, but stabs you in the back. Same time. <laughs> totally. That's a good way to describe yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, like, like making out with you for five seconds, but oh, oh, totally. Yeah. Yep, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. So, where did the bean protocol fit into all of this? So then, so the diagnosis kind of set off this this power in me, this dedication in me that um, I could do this, I could heal it. So then, I went back to my books on the shelf. I went back to. Weston A. Price. I started boiling bones and eating liver and, you know, just like going deep on it and um, all the fat. And my body just would like, it just like exploded into inflammation. And the thing that I learned along the path was that more fat wasn't going to heal my gut. Well, there was so much inflammation in there. All of that fat was just releasing more bile and more bile meant it was kind of caustic, right? So if you have this great inflammation in the gut, then it's not, it doesn't have this healing power like one might want it to. For me, it didn't. It just was like the shit storm became 
a swirling shitstorm. Um, <laughs> so it was bad. And and then I went less, less like raw milk, raw, you know, kefir, all that stuff. And then I started moving more into classic paleo. I messed around a little bit with a little AIP action. Um, but the fat combinations just continued to ruin me. So I moved off of that. I'd read this book. I don't remember what it was called at the time, but this guy had healed really doing paleo. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go down that path. I'm going to make my own bone broth and, um, you know, get really deep into these fermented kefirs that I was shipping in from Texas. Um, it was goat kefir though. Cause I noticed that, um, dairy was not sitting well with me. Right. So I explored that. I wasn't making any headway. My doctors were increasingly getting concerned with how small I was getting. I'm five seven. My normal weight is 130 pounds, and I was 115 pounds. And then I was, you know, just continuing to drop. Um, blood pressure was rising. What they don't tell you when what you learn when you're sick is that when you're that sick and you're in that much pain, because I was in pain all the time, is that your blood pressure starts to rise because of the pain. Um, right. so then they were monitoring my blood pressure and, um, my nutrient levels. I was on tons of supplements to kind of counterbalance the inflammation and how much nutrient deficiency I had from going to the bathroom 20 times a day. And, um, so loading up on, um, supplements, probiotics, I was just always on a new probiotic. And in antibiotics, we were pretty regular with antibiotics and they're trying to see if it's like, well, maybe it's a parasite that's not showing up, or maybe it's a bacterial infection that's not showing up. Right. Uh, now I know better. I'd be like, no, it would have shown up like it would have shown up. But, um, so then I moved on to the carb specific diet and the gaps protocols and really the hardest thing for me was not that things didn't work but things didn't work and I was worse after trying them. Right. And I was just like, no, totally. no, no, this yeah, is not how this is going. Totally. You're putting in so much effort and trying all the things and being proactive and it's, yeah, you're not getting the result. Just a quick interruption to chat about my favorite CBD oil from Eaton Hemp. I love using the extra strength full spectrum CBD oil which is 1500 milligrams per ounce. If you're looking to include CBD into your routine and you're looking for some support with sleep or anxiety, or even with PMS symptoms and discomfort and inflammation, this is definitely my go-to brand. It is certified organic, full spectrum, unfiltered, third-party tested. It's grown in the USA as well as processed and bottled in the USA. It contains organic hemp seed oil, full spectrum CBD. Head on over to EatonHemp.com, check out their CBD oil options, and use the code WellnessSwitch for 20% off. When you're in such bad shape and you're losing weight and you know you don't have a lot of time on this path because of how fast everything was moving, there creeps in desperation. And desperation is probably the worst thing on a healing journey because it causes you to be erratic. And totally. interestingly enough, like for healing, we need that calm nervous system. We need that sense of hope and, yeah. um, and the ability to keep going. And I was increasingly losing hope and the desperation was calling me to like, you know, check myself into the emergency room and 
you know, I was having fevers all the time, which was speaking to an infection at that point, like something, you know, so I knew I was running out of time. Um, and, and, and the people in my life who were close, who I was, who were in the know of what was going on with me knew it too. Like they were sensing my sense of like, okay, well maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I can't heal my body and maybe the doctors are right that, that this is just my life and biologics are the next step or a surgery is the next step to remove the infected area and the inflamed area. So the bean protocol came at such an interesting time in my life because I had left, um, I had left a company. I'd started my own company. I was really struggling to work because of how much suffering I was in. And, um, this, these people came in and offered me a job to be their executive producer. Um, these wonderful humans. And I was so skinny. And so like, I probably had a couple of good days every month and I scheduled the interview. They wanted to interview me for a position. And I was kind of wanting to leave the company that I'd started with two other partners. Um, I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't like the passion wasn't there. And I was so sick that I was like, if you're not totally passionate and you're really that sick, then right. maybe it's do something else with the little bit of time that you do have. Um, totally. And I met, um, I met them, the, the company and I was so sick. And I was like, look, you guys, this opportunity sounds amazing, but I'm really sick. I have Crohn's disease and I spend most of my time in bed. And I remember the one partner went, oh yeah, I had colitis. It's totally fine. We love you. We want you to come work for us anyway. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, he was like a full vegan in remission vegan. You know, he had the surgery and since then he's like full vegan. And I was like, okay, amazing. And true to my word, I spent a lot of time sick and in bed and working from bed and, you know, this big swollen, bloated, painful belly. I just would prop my laptop on it and work from bed. And uh-huh. I know it was just the worst, but they were so kind. Like I would call in week after week. I can't come in. I can't come in. Um, and, and so, you know, I was continuing to try different diets and then I would combine diets and see like, well, maybe if it's like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, and then in the time, in the period that I was there in the first year, my boss had a major flare like a massive flare and he was going down hard, like, oh no, like really hard bleeding and inflammation was super high and he's a director. So it was like, he was always under a lot of stress. So you could really see the connection of stress totally. and how it plays such a massive role in our body's kind of inflammatory process and breaking down and the gut, right. The, just how stress affects our gut is crazy. Yeah. Um, and then my friend dropped Karen's book off at my house, my mentor, and I read her book and I was like, there is nowhere in anywhere that says beans are good for anything. Like, and you know, like my experience, maybe your experience is like beans is a bowl of bad chili with too much cheese on it that causes you to be bloated, gassy, and like the worst bowel movements ever afterwards, all of which are not sexy. Right. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> One, 100% agree. Like, this is a bad deal. And this person's kicking for Cocoa Puffs and I am not going to do that. And that was my initial reaction because everything I read was like, go paleo, get all of these fats, get all of these nutrients that are important for your body and repair. And 
And so beans, like, no. Yeah. Uh, but then desperation set in and open-mindedness with it of just like, you know, maybe the path you've been trying to go on, it's not working. So what else are you going to do? Totally. You know, what else are you going to do? I'm going to try it. So I came to work on Monday. I, I started eating beans on a Friday. I came to work on a Monday and I was feeling okay. I was like, this is weird. And I was eating just rinsed canned beans, yep. but I feel better and I'm not having 800 bowel movements. I'm only having like 200 bowel movements. So, okay. Um, and I just, I had, when I got to the beans, I was eating literally meat and potatoes. That was the only two food I could eat. That was it. Right. Um, and you know, I was like, well, back to my roots, meat and potatoes. I'm a Northern European. Right. Um, but so I came into work and my boss was there and he saw me sitting down to just like a big old bowl of black beans. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm eating beans. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I read this book and this nutritionist helps people with autoimmune disorders, all kinds of issues and beans. And he was like, he was like, are you sure this is going to be, you're going to be okay? I'm like, mm, I, I don't know if I'm going to be okay, but my next stop is the emergency room. So yeah, I'm going to give this my all. I'm going to totally. give this what everything. What do I have to lose? Yeah. yeah. What do I have to lose? Um, and so he was like, can I have this book? He, meanwhile, was scheduled for an emergency removal of his colon because of how bad his situation was, get, was getting. And so I pulled out the book and I handed it to him. And I was like, you know, look, I'm, I'm crazy. I feel like my body is telling me it can heal naturally. I feel like I have to listen to it, but that's not for everybody. And don't feel like you have to like do this with me in any way. Right. Like, you know, just, and he read the book and he got on the bean protocol. And I was like, oh my God, awesome. I killed my boss. I killed my boss. My boss is going to die because <laughs> he's supposed to have his clone removed. And his girlfriend, his mom was calling me like, what is he doing? He's supposed to have, he canceled his appointment. and. I mean, the rest is kind of history. He actually healed within six months. He went into oh remission. my God. Yeah. Uh, has never had that, his colon removed. And it took me a lot longer, which was um, really hard. And I hear this from my clients a lot where I'll do a live with a client of mine that is like, has thriving and doing so well within a certain time period. And they're like, I don't know if it's inspiring or disheartening. And I'm like, actually, it's both. It's both because right. somebody healing fast, you can't help but go why am I not healing fast? Is this not working for me? Right. And that's exactly how I felt when he was like, I don't have any blood in my stool. I'm having a perfect bowel movement every day. For sure. Inflammatory markers are dropping. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like yeah. I started it first. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. and you know, I really had that moment where I was like, well, is this even possible for you? You've been doing it the same amount of time, but is this even possible for you? And the things I hadn't factored in at the time was the fact that I had not through surgery, but my doctor at 20 was like, you have endo, like, right. You want kids, have them young. Cause I had horrible, painful periods. I had, you know, bursting cyst. I had all of these signs and he was like, every box checks out that you have endo. My sister had had endo surgery. So it was kind of like, all right, this is happening. And right. so even though I had kids young, my endo didn't go away. Um, and cause I was still eating crappy and thinking I was healthy and, right. you know, 
Um, so what the big difference between he and I was that he didn't get a period every month that capsized his entire journey. Of course. Of course. Yep. It's so hard to compare yourself, you know, but of course we're, we're going to do it. Like oh, yeah. it's, you know, that's bound hard to happen. Hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. So inspired. I was totally inspired. I was like, oh, it works. And I didn't kill my boss. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You know? Um, and the calls from family members stopped and instead it was like, thank you. And I was like, oh, that's good. Amazing. <laughs> I was like, if I kill my boss, I'll totally get fired. Um, but you know, and it took me another six, seven months for my gut to go into remission. And then it took me till the two year mark for my endo to resolve. So my path in general was I was the slow boat and he was like a little speed boat, you know? And I think that I'm sure you see this in your practice as well. I would imagine that some people's body responds as if it was just like waiting for the treatment. And then other people's body, it's almost like there's so much cellular repair that needs to happen that the journey to get there is slow and patience is the hardest thing to come by when you're sick. It really is. And I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you were sick for how many years? That two years it took you to get, you know, all of this intermission, like it's not that much time, but in comparison, of course, at the time to your boss, when it's like six months, like, of course I get that, but really in the grand scheme. That you bring up, you know, I think that I see this a lot is that somebody but it wasn't like my illness started to show up in ways in my body. But if I look beyond that, I go, wow, I hadn't treated my body with care and respect for a long time. Right. And whenever I say that, I have, you know, wonderful people in my life, unique, you can't be hard on yourself. You were young. And it's like, it's not about being hard on myself. It's about looking at the path and realizing that I had dropped the breadcrumbs for my disease. Totally. That's it. It's just looking at it with real, real eyes, you know, and being yeah. Like, and that's huge. You know, that level of self-awareness and the self-responsibility, that's, that's huge. So I really acknowledge you for that. Thank you. I feel like it's important. I feel like getting super honest is a huge part of the healing. Absolutely. Let's quickly chat about lion's mane. This medicinal mushroom is fantastic for the health of your brain. I like using the product Focus from Aversio Wellness. Adding focus to your daily regimen is like taking your brain to the gym. Lion's Mane Extract stimulates nerve growth factor and it supports mental agility and addresses inflammation that can help you experience improved memory, concentration, and productivity. I'm a really big fan of this product. You can take it in capsule form. Sometimes I like to open the capsules and add it into a smoothie or my coffee or an elixir that I'm making. The products from Aversio, they are all sustainably packaged. They contain the whole fruiting body mushroom extract, which means you are going to get a very therapeutic dose of medicinal mushrooms. They are all organic, non-GMO, vegan, and gluten-free. Head on over to aversiowellness.com. Use the coupon code wellnesswitch at checkout for 15% off. Check out the product Focus and check out all their other medicinal mushroom blends. Let's talk about the bean protocol. Like what is the 411 on the bean protocol? It is just epic amounts of fiber. 
that is what it is. Um, depending, you know, like I, I had such an incredible call with one of my clients this morning where she started off on a hormone plan, which is more fiber to, uh, and it's also about healing the gut, you know, that estrobiome, um, is really a big conversation right now. Like, okay, so if we have a messed up gut, it isn't just affecting our ability to absorb food properly. It's also affecting our ability to, you know, transform hormones in our body and estrogen in our body. So propagating a healthy gut couldn't be more important, you know, like it just couldn't be more important. So part of the high fiber diet is also in, in feeding that microbiome. Um, I love working with ferments when I can because of the ability to help feed that microbiome with histamine issues. Not a lot of people can do ferments, but when you get the opportunity to use it, I'm like ferments and fiber, there could no, be no better you know, combo. Um, so the bean protocol is a focus on fiber. The way I talk about it is a whole foods diet with a focus on fiber. So, um, a lot of my clients that'll be animal protein. I have a lot of clients who prefer not to have animal protein. I do find that my clients who are willing and open to have animal protein, they heal a lot quicker because of that bioavailable amino acid profile that you get from nowhere else, you know? Um, so I would say that's the bean protocol. It's whole foods with a focus on fiber and dietary fiber. So a lot of vegetables, but also getting that soluble fiber, which is more and more talked about. I feel like when you start searching PubMed for soluble fiber, you can actually find a lot more literature over there than before. I feel like so soluble fiber is having a bigger conversation. Awesome. So when you say beans, like we're talking, we're talking all beans. Does this include lentils? All beans, lentils, black beans, chickpeas, and believe it or not, everybody has a favorite bean of my clients. And some people do. I did only well with black beans for years. Right. Um, And it was actually kind of funny when I finally started branching out, because anytime I branched out, I would get, I would just feel really sick. My body was so sensitive and tender that the just different profiles, right? Polysaccharides and fiber, like it just, each one comes with its own profile. Not all beans are alike or, or equal. They're all kind of equal in nutrient value, but um, soluble fibers all kind of equal between them. But like, I couldn't do chickpeas at all. Like I just, right. I would blow up like a balloon and some of my clients can only do chickpeas. Yeah. So I always feel drawn to chickpeas. If I want to eat beans, I'm always drawn to chickpeas, like a chickpea salad or a chickpea stew or yeah, I'm always drawn to them. And do you do well with them? Like, do you have any side effect? I feel like because I don't eat them enough, like mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to mm-hmm. actually start paying more attention to that mm-hmm. when I do actually eat them. I mean, to be quite honest, I haven't had them in so long. I've had the like chickpea pasta, which I've been fine with, but that's, so, it's so different. The profile <laughs> of that is so different than eating the, the real whole bean. So I'm going to have to pay, pay attention to that for sure. Do some food journaling around that maybe. Yeah. I, oh, do you food journal still? Sometimes. Well, I mean, especially because I've been through the ringer myself with autoimmune issues and flare-ups here and there over the past few Mm. years. So really trying to pay attention to food and what's triggering Mm -hmm. me or histamine issues, waking up one day and just like blowing my nose for three hours. And it's just Mm. crazy. And then the next day I'm totally fine. And it's just like, Mm. what did I eat? Like, I can't even pinpoint what is happening here. Um, I did learn that one of my triggers was black pepper. 
when I went on AIP yeah. and you had, you know, you have to remove mm -hmm. black pepper. So I can't do too much of that. And I actually don't even have it in the house anymore. I never cook with it. And um, if I overdo it with eggs, then, then that can, that can egg, impact me. Yolks or egg white? Or more both? so, well, probably whites. Yeah. I think it's more of the whites. If I overdo it on the whites, because sometimes I will have like a protein, like pancake or crepe or something that I'll make. And it's, it's egg white. Um, mm. So if I overdo mm. it on that, but also if I, you know, how you cook your eggs, there's a different composition. So mm -hmm. I find that if I fry them, I'm totally fine. <laughs> but if I have like too many poached, it's different. Yeah. So like having the yolk cooked like, like hard over hard mm -hmm. is much better for me than like a runny yolk. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I have a, I have a little side, side note on this, which is fascinating. So one of the very few foods I could tolerate was also one of the very few foods I couldn't tolerate at the same time. And that was eggs. So when I was healing, I introduced eggs because they tend to be an easier with, they have their allergy profile, of course, but for sure, um, you know, and, and they're just a, a fully packed multivitamin, right? Yes. So, um, so it was like eggs for a person who's dying. Yes, please. Eggs, like a lot of nutrients power packed into this little sucker. Totally. Um, and, but I could eat them and they didn't cause more bowel movements, but they made me so bloated and I felt mm. so uncomfortable. And at the time that was before my diagnosis, um, I was eating eggs and having that result. And I remember, I remember my Chinese medicine doctor said, oh, just rotate them, rotate them in and rotate them out. So I was rotating, but it was also kind of like that first sign of like, oh, something's not right in, you know, in your gut, but uh, I totally. wasn't paying attention. So fast forward to when I was sick and healing, one of the foods I entered in was eggs and I had the same result where I was like bloated and gassy with like the, well, Crohn's creates the most foul, foul gas in the world, like clear room kind of foul. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's like, there is no sneak one out when you have Crohn's disease. Um, that just not a thing. Cause also it's like, it's like, um, you know, you never know if it's actually a fart. So, um, there's a lot of things there's a, there was, like years of, there was years of healing my relationship with gas after Crohn's went into remission. I was like, it's okay. It's just gas. Like, this is fine. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to shart yourself. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I know. Right. But, um, anyway, so I was like, what is my deal with eggs? Like my gut is healthy. And then even after my gut was healthy, I was still having this interesting relationship with eggs. Then I started looking at what the chicken was eating. And I noticed that. I found one day in the market or at the farmer's market that this one chicken farm or this one farmer had chickens that were not fed any soy or corn and they were just sprout fed and, and like land grazing, no right. oats, no nothing. And I got those eggs and it was the first time that I could eat an egg without any reaction to it. Amazing. I was like, okay, so what the chicken makes a difference. And I haven't had a problem since like oh, no issues with eggs. Yep. Yeah. That's so huge. Cause it's, it's not just what you eat. It's what you eat eats. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, and so I've had a few clients where I'm like, they're like, oh, I can't eat eggs. And I'm like, what happens? They're like, oh, gas, bloating, pimples. And I'm like, well, see if obviously not everybody can find grass, you know, sprout fed chickens. Right. Totally. 
And I'm like, see if you can find one that's no soy, no soy, no corn. And yeah. it's made a difference. And I was like, that's crazy. Like how Huge. wide. Yeah. That's amazing. I so love I can that. <laughs> we have to be our own detectives, really. You know, that's what it comes down to. And yeah. that's why I think food journaling and elimination and reintroduction, like it can all be so helpful and it just takes time. And like you said earlier, patience, which many of us don't have, and we want the immediate result right now. But could there be more, anything more important than health? Really? You know, like, like I remember all of my excuses for not taking care of myself. I'm busy, you know, I'm traveling, I have kids and like, you know, all of my excuses. When I got sick, I became useless to everybody, including myself. You know, and so if I look back now, I'm like, the thing I encourage people to do the most is remodel your life so you do have time to take care of yourself and begin to build that muscle of patience because that muscle of patience and that time that you're giving yourself, that's going to create the resilience that you're seeking. That's, that's like a magic little piece of it, you know, totally. But unique, I'm too busy, but unique, I've got Mm -hmm. kids, but unique. And I'm like, yeah, that butt is going to, it's what turned into my butt being out of control, you know? So 100%. Absolutely. So I'm sure that there's a lot of listeners that are thinking, well, I can't eat beans because I have digestive upsets. It's going to give me gas. I'm going to be so bloated. There's no way I can do this. So if someone is thinking about starting the bean protocol, or at least just to introduce some beans, like where, where do you start? You start with either, you know, a good pressure cooked canned bean Um, that a lot of times going and buying like one of each type of bean. um, If you don't want to, because look, if you cook a big pot of black beans and then you realize you don't do that great with black beans, then you have a whole pot of black beans. Right. So a lot of times there is a difference in taste, like cooked, fresh cooked. Anything is better than canned anything any day of the week. But I lived on canned stuff for a long time because I was just too weak to cook. Um, so I would suggest trying one bean at a time. A lot of people go nutty buddy when they hear that beans are good and they'll just start eating tons of varieties of beans and then just feel like a mess. So right. I'm like, start with one bean, literally have a bite. Like don't sit down to a bean meal, like have a bite, maybe throw a tablespoon of chickpeas into your salad. Um, maybe throw a handful of black beans onto your dinner plate. Like don't make a big deal out of it. Cause I think we have this programming that beans are bad and lectins and kind of this misinformation about anti-nutrients. And I love the information that's coming out now, which is like, these are important um, qualities for our body. Like that information is actually really important information for our body that allows us to be resilient. Like there's incredible research around all of this anti-nutrient conversation. You know, and I was reading this paper on PubMed about phytic acid being colon cancer is protectant, like it's actually a benefit. So, um, but most of us walked around, including myself, with this, you know, kind of conception, you know, this idea that um, they're bad. So I kind of had to approach it like, I don't understand you, but I want to get to know you. So I'm going to be curious with you and I'm just going to try a little bit and I'm going to see how it feels. I'm going to let my body respond and I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to shove a bunch down and hope it works out. I'm going to literally be very conscientious and I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to try 
a spoonful of these washed canned beans and I'm going to see how that goes. And if that goes well, maybe tomorrow I'll have it again. And it's just really having this very respectful conversation with your body. Because if you've gone your whole life without eating beans and avoiding beans, then sitting down to a bowl of them is going to be shocking for your microbiome. For sure. Yeah. 100%. What are you doing? Yes. Start small. Absolutely. Start small. And so, you know, throughout your healing journey, like how much over time in a day were you eating and what did that look like for you? Oh, um, I was eating as long as I was awake, I was eating beans, a biteful. Um, I had really bad anxiety, um, really bad anxiety was increasing my bowel movements. Um, all that fiber was slowing things down right. and I was awake 22 hours a day. Um, because of the pain. So I wasn't sleeping. So if I was awake, my directive was eat beans. And so that's what I did. I literally walked around the house sobbing in pain with a bowl in my hand and a spoon. (laughs) And I was eating beans. And you know, the interesting thing was, is people are like, you have to love the food you eat for it to heal you. And I'm like, no, I hated beans. They were like cardboard in my mouth, it was like dry. I couldn't have any fat because I was pooping myself. And, you know, I was just like chewing on these dry ass beans. Oh, and I was, there. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> a little bit of sea salt on them, but and drinking water because they were dry, you know? And so I was like, For sure. I'm like, mm, these theories that you can only heal with food that you love. I don't know if I, if I can give that a lot of like, you know, attention because yeah. I did not love this food when I started out with it. Love, I fell in love with it because of what it provided me. It gave me of a life course. back without medication, not that medication are bad at all. I just want to be clear about that. Medication can save your life. I have a lot of clients who come to me who, if they hadn't gone on medication, they would have bled out, you know? So, totally. um, I honor medication as an incredible parachute, but my goal was just like, I had this goal and I, and this, and this sense that it was possible. And I was having a really hard time giving it up. So for sure. Okay. So you bring up a few good points there, like not eating fat, because obviously in your case, that was going to aggravate more of your symptoms. Whereas I guess for somebody who maybe isn't in that position or feels more constipated, then perhaps they need a little bit more fat. Right. So I guess like, what's the combination of, is there a specific way to structure your meal with your beans? Just whatever you're currently eating, add a little bit. Yes. Whatever you're currently eating, add a little bit. I would say that's the, that's the easiest way to start playing with beans. And I say play because it takes it out of the realm of seriousness. Just play with them. Like start with the ones you're drawn to. Maybe for you, it's a chickpea. You're always drawn to a chickpea. Uh, For somebody else, it might be a red lentil. I would say just go to where you're drawn and then just have a little bit and be really respectful about it, especially if you've been avoiding them for a long time. Um, You know, it is chickpea um, lentils are incredible for the microbiome, but if you add in too much, you probably are going to ferment, you know, your little bugs are going to ferment the crap out of those fibers. So you could get very bloated very quick. For sure. And then for those who might be concerned about carbohydrates and weight gain, you know, what would you say to that? I would say complex carbs, kind of like vegetables, are not the main culprit usually. Um, yes, being mindful of it um, can help. I build a lot of weight loss protocols 
um, I go, I kind of load them in with com the complex carbohydrates of veggies. So if you are eating vegetables, you just add some in. If you're worried about weight gain, that's a really great reason to go super slow and add in just a small amount and see how your body feels and how your body responds. Right. Um, you know, I would say sugars, even natural sugars tend to be the biggest culprit of weight gain. Right. Because what's going to happen, whether it's natural sugar or a white sugar, is that it's going to raise, you know, blood glucose, insulin, and your body is going to tuck away what it's not going to use as fat, even if it came with fiber of a fruit or something else. So to me, like a lot of my clients will lose weight on my protocol because not because of the addition of beans, but because they're removing out for the healing period, they're removing a lot of those things out. Right. Makes sense. Okay. Awesome. And then are there different bean protocols based on specific symptoms or hormonal imbalances? And obviously you don't have to take us through all of that, but maybe just like, what would the difference kind of look like? Um, so if you're healthy, just adding beans in to you, whatever you're currently doing, if you're working on health imbalances, um, especially if you are having really painful periods, you might end up with more beans on your protocol to help for the short period that you're rebalancing. Um, I work with a lot of people on fertility to help with um, the overproduction of hormones. A lot of times, you know, it's interesting, like I was an overproducer of hormones in the sense that I had endometriosis, right? And yet all of my blood work was coming back totally normal. How can you have endometriosis and totally normal blood work? So a lot of times right. it's symptom-based. It's like, what are the symptoms, right? Um, and it's and it's for a short amount of time. It's not something that you want to live on. It's something that you want to heal. Usually after a couple of cycles of pain-free periods, you move on to more of a longevity plan, which is just adding extra fiber to your life. Um, you know, if you're a person who's in a lot of physical pain, like um, arthritis, you do want to go to a higher fat diet because you want to support your body making cortical steroids. Um, so you're kind of navigating through what's presenting in front of you with the protocol. So, and it's not like thyroid, it's not about the beans. As you know, thyroid is about the protein. Thyroid is about the selenium. Thyroid's about the iodine. Um, and, and I know that iodine is really controversial for the Hashimoto's. What are totally. your thoughts on iodine? Yeah, I feel so unclear about it. I still, after so much digging into research, I still feel like I don't fully have an answer. Mm -hmm. So I know it's beneficial for the thyroid, but from a Hashimoto's autoimmune perspective, that's something you have to still be really conscious of. Perhaps like iodine testing is where I think first of all, taking a step back and looking at mineral status overall is going to be really important because they're all working synergistically together. Mm -hmm. So I think looking at that overall, and then perhaps once you have some of your like core minerals, then perhaps you can look at some iodine testing and then see where you are there. Because again, I think if you just take the iodine and supplement with it, it's not going to serve you the way that you potentially think it might. Because it's, I mean, Hashi's doesn't have to always come with hypothyroid, but a lot of times it comes with the hypothyroid. So if you're looking at an underproducing thyroid, you would go, okay, what are thyroid food? You know, so it's, it is interesting, but I've read enough, you know, from doctors and blog posts that it is as controversial as you say it is. It sure. really is. Yeah, yeah. I feel, and the thing is so many thyroid supplements 
have all these great nutrients, but then they also have iodine. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. there should be an iodine-free one just because I'm not certain about this and, you know, how it's going to really impact everybody. So there should really just be an iodine-free one. Um, Nice work, by the way, you know, managing and putting, I believe I read that you put your Hashis into remission with diet. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's a combination of things with diet, stress management, sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. The thing Mm -hmm. is, is that, and this is what I've learned over the years too, is that I think, especially with any sort of autoimmune condition, we get so caught up in the antibodies and like, oh, my antibodies have flared up. So something is wrong. And it's like, okay, maybe they flared up, but symptomatically, like, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Because there have been times where those antibodies have flared up. I really don't know what it could have been caused from. Maybe there was some environmental trigger or something. And, but overall, I actually feel so good. Like Mm -hmm. it always comes back for me. Am I sleeping well? Are my cravings in check? Do I feel energized? You know, that's what it always comes back to for me. So your antibodies are, are always going to be fluctuating, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. which is really important to know. And I think, again, so many people get hung up on the antibodies. So it's like, oh, I'm following the diet. I'm doing all these things, but the antibodies went up. So it's not working. It's like, yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah. Yeah. How are you? Well, I think there's this, um, there's this. Yeah, I think it's, there's, it's a complex, it's complex why that is, you know, I think there's because of internally the body is unseen, right? So when you see a number on a page, it's like, ah, but wait, I feel good. So what do I trust? Do I trust the thing on the page or do I trust this incredible wellness that I feel? And, and I think it's interesting to pay attention to the number on the page, but I agree with you that I think embodying your wellness and putting the energy, not in fear, but in um, the energy of healing and, and noticing how you feel and recognizing how you feel is incredibly powerful. Cause you might go back in three months later and check, and it might be a totally different story. Totally. 100%. And being that I live in Ontario where our winters are damn cold and very long, <laughs> I know that the cold really impacts my body. Like Your thyroid loves heat. It's like your metabolic igniter, right? It wants that heat. And I don't just mean metabolic in the terms of like weight loss, which is what we always think about, right? But it's just like your thyroid loves heat. And I know I thrive and feel so much better when the sun is shining and I can be out in the sun and the heat. I feel so much better that way. So I think that's something for people to pay attention to as well is like when you're in cold temperature, what's going on with your antibodies there. Like there's so Mm -hmm. many factors that play a role. And as you know, it's not just one thing. Right. And And stress. And stress. Stress. Like I think stress is probably the most minimized part of the health conversation because it's a given. We have this idea that stress is a given. And I see it in my clients where I'm like, okay, and how's your stress? Um, You know, why does that matter? Well, the stress affects you that affects your inflammation. And it's, and it's, but it's such a given that we have this hustle mentality that, you know, overwork, overplay over this, over that, that it's not really factored into the big story of, of stress. Like how does stress actually play a role in these, in these imbalances? I see them as imbalances. You know, I don't see anything as unfixable or unhealable. It's more like, how do you bring your body back into balance? 100%. 
And this was leading into my next question, which I feel like you kind of answered <laughs> in terms of, you know, like when it comes to healing, obviously nutrition is, it's one piece of the puzzle. You know, there's so many pieces that make up the health puzzle. And so I was going to ask you, you know, what do you feel people are really neglecting on their healing journey? I would say rest. I would say rest. Okay. I, I don't think rest is given the due it deserves. Yeah. Um, it, most people don't make time for it. It's an ego thing to, to, to you know, it feeds our ego to not rest because yeah. um, we're just hustling and we're making it happen. And um, But in an unwell body, those things don't help the healing process. So I would say rest. It's the thing that I probably, you know, suggest the most is like, it's okay that you're not working out at this moment. Give your body this moment to just have a break. So often, even a lot of people are resting because they don't have a choice. They're exhausted. They have chronic fatigue, adrenal, whatever. Um, and then, but their mind is so stressed about their resting. Why are you resting? You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And it's like, okay, so resting your body is one thing, but begin working on the mind. How do you turn off that little beast in your head that is causing your nervous system to go haywire, even when you're just laying there, you know? So it's like that, it's that mind body connection that we've heard about forever. And I don't know about you, but for me, it was like in one ear, not the other, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, haha, yeah, cool, hippie. Um, but it, it really is so like, for me, the big connection, the big aha was this crazy mind of mine, this strong mind of mine that is like playing worst case scenario, um, you know, um, stressing you out that you're behind all the time and work and you're behind on this. And what are you doing with that? That was part of my disease. Totally. Absolutely. It was just lighting my nervous system up like a Christmas tree. Yes. I can fully relate 100%. <laughs> like I think about, I, I've made it a priority to take lunch breaks during the day and make my food. And sometimes I'll sit in the backyard if it's a nice day, or I'll watch like an old episode of friends, like something that's funny just to like pass the time. But how many times I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh God, I should, I should respond to this person. Oh, I'm like eating. And then, Oh, I should just pause this. Cause I'm going to like text this person back or I'm going to, and I'm, it's constant. And I'm like, Oh my God, it is like crazy in there. It is crazy up here. Just so now I keep the phone away, far away from me when I'm on my lunch break, because I'm like, it's just the habit. It's there. I see it. I'm going to grab it. So I need to like create this distance between it. And I mean, it works. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's what I, I needed to do in order to actually give myself that, that break. Mm -hmm. Because it's, um, when you love what you do, it's easy to think that it's okay to do it all the time. Yes. And it almost like it fills, it can easily fill in all the spaces where quiet can be or something else. Like you're a woman after my own heart. Cause when I have time or if I'm alone in the house, I'll put on like a rom-com because yeah. I don't, I just want to laugh. I just want to like totally. laugh, maybe cry, you know, like I just want to feel good. Um, and yeah. that moment and that rhythm, that, that time where it's like, okay, if I'm not doing is, am I okay not doing? Am I okay just being? And being is incredibly powerful for healing, just being. 100%. Not like, hey, I'm going to eat here and I'm going to text here and, you know, it's all going to be fine. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's actually not. Yeah. No. Yeah. So good for you. Good for you. It's, it's, um, 
walking the walk, I think is one of the most important things that healer, anybody who's in the position to help others heal their body. Totally. That, incredibly powerful. So nice work. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, this was such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for your time today and for your inspiration. Where can our audience connect with you and find you? I am on Instagram at Unique Hammond and or The Bean Protocol and on my website, yourgreat.com. Amazing. Awesome. And that's Y-O-U-R-E, great.com. I have to say that because a lot of people will go Y-O-U-R. And I'm like, no, it's you are great. I love it. Perfect. Well, we will have all of that linked up in the show notes. And thank you again for being with us today. Thank you so much. Awesome witchy lady. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. I really hope you enjoyed my interview with Unique. You can connect with her over on Instagram at Unique Hammond. You can also follow at The Bean Protocol if you want to dive in there as well. And I'd love to hear from you. If you're going to take on The Bean Protocol, maybe you're going to try it and and see what works for you. And if that's the case, keep me posted on how it goes. And if you know of anybody that can benefit from today's information and messaging, then we would love it if you could share it with them. Thanks again, everybody. I'll chat with you next week. Have an amazing day.